Greetings, most excellent Theophilus. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, well, Theophilus, today I think I'm going to be responding to almost breaking a glass. That's very important to me. Um, isn't that great? Um, to um, a video by Alternate Media. Um, where they again lie about the history of the Trinity. Um, because, you know, honesty and scholarship is a dying breed. So, we'll get to that. Um, there's this weird trend coming up of people saying that the Vulgate, <laughs> like, a, a terrible... Translation. Um, um, I, I don't exactly know where this is, is coming from. Now, is is it the most perfect translation to ever exist? No. <laughs> but uh, this is really the problem with any sort of um, text-onlyist movement, is no translation is perfect. I mean, you, you have to have standards and metrics of what you'll take for translation, because some stuff, like, you can have a translation that is pure, pure word for word, but you'll lose some things because, uh, you know, some things just don't mean the same. Um, and you have to add words in order to, in, like, in English, like, Latin doesn't have the definite article. Um, that, you know... It's spiritus et filet, like, it's not, like, that just means, and, like, spirit and, you know, it doesn't actually have the particle in there for the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, um, the, the way Greek would, and actually most translations leave out as much definite article usage as the Hebrew and the Greek use. Um, Hebrew has two definite articles. It has, like, a direct object marker kind of definite article, like, a et hashemayim. Et, that identifies a definite object being mentioned, and then it gets redundant because Hashemayim is the heavens. Because Ha is the other definite article in Hebrew. Yet we only translate one the in Genesis 1 1. Um, Greek, Greek uses the definite article so much. The shortest verse in English, Jesus wept, is actually uh, Ha Jesus, um, the word for wept. Um, the shortest verse in the Greek New Testament is actually, um, is it Second Thessalonians or First Thessalonians? The unceasingly pray, um, pray without ceasing, actually expands it by one word, um, but still actually communicates the right point. See, you can translate things different ways without them being wrong. I, it's a shocker. Um, but anyone who's done deep study into um, the, the Vulgate. When the Vulgate was translated by Jerome, who is the guy who originally translated it, um, see, at that point, the Greek Septuagint had become the standard Bible. Um, the Septuagint and the New Testament writings um, were the standard. Um, and they'd been the standard 
well, the, the Septuagint had been the standard Greek uh, translation of the Hebrew, of the Tanakh, and the Apocrypha since around 200 BC. Um, so by the 3rd century? Yeah, okay. That took way too long to get my phone to work with me. Um, so that means that the Greek Septuagint had been the standard Hebrew text for, um, for s about, about, um, cause it probably took the course of the 2 BC, uh, 2 B, 200 BC before, um, about 700 years, seven, six, 500 years. Um, so the, the, the Greek had actually been the standard for as long as, uh, roughly, uh, equivalently, as long as, um, in the modern age, um, the King James, uh, uh the, the Textus Receptus, moreover, uh, had been, uh, the standard, uh, text of the New Testament. Uh, well, a standard text of the New Testament. Um... So there's a lot of tradition. There's a lot of traditional reason to hold to it for people, obviously, as there always will be when people uh, find something to latch on to in such a way. Um, so it, it happens in, in the latter 4th century that when Jerome writes the Vulgate, in the story of Jonah, he more accurately identifies what kind of plant um, would have grown up over Jonah in the story. Um, but in the Septuagint, it had not gotten that specific with his translation. And you know what happened in Antioch? They rioted. <laughs> they rioted in Antioch because Jerome translated something more accurately. Um, um, so the Vulgate is translated and it is used for about a millennium um, until the work of Erasmus comes along, uh, which actually technically uh, Lorenzo Valla actually uh, started working on it beforehand. And now what you have over time is what you have in literally every other document before we had the printing press, which is that people have to copy it down, and so there's textual variation over time, um, which is... So fascinating with the Vulgate, how we actually have that. But so you have a, you have what becomes the standard for about five seven hundred years, uh, replaced by what becomes the standard for an entire millennium, for an entire thousand years, and then um, a little Dutch humanist, in the classical sense of humanist, by the name of Lord of. Uh, Desiderius Erasmus, a Catholic bishop, discovers the work of the late Lorenzo Valla, who'd had the hypothesis as a humanist himself that, you know, the Vulgate's just been copied over and over again because it's gotten used and worn out and people had to copy it down to preserve it. Um, with no malicious intent, just wanting to preserve their work and being human. So I bet you, because now we're humanists, so we're trying to realize what anachronism is, the fact that um, things have not been the same for millions and millions of years, that society has changed, 
the time passes, uh, that, that King David did not wear uh, medieval armor. Um, and he goes, you know, I bet you that the Vulgate doesn't read the same, quite the same as it originally did. And he correctly hypothesized that, you know, there's all these Jerome commentaries, commentaries by Jerome uh, in the libraries that have been used less and so had to be uh, re like remade less, copied less to be preserved. So he looks at those and he comes up with some work based off of that. He doesn't publish it because he'd be burned at the stake. Um, but lo and behold, comparing today all the th evidence we have, he was pretty spot on with his assessments. Um, and so based off of that, Jerome then decides um, to make his own Latin translation that's more accurate. Um, the, the first edition of what's called the, the Novum the Novum Instrumentum, the New Instrument, or the New Testament, um, that he wrote, the focus was not the Greek. The focus was actually the Latin. But at the same time, he, of course, wanted to be scholarly about the Latin, or about the Greek. So I'll, I'll read an excerpt from um, the King James Only Controversy by James White, a good read, um, Especially if you're will if you're willing to read your side of the material, you should be willing to hear out the other side of the argument. <clears throat> Erasmus's inch. Uh, okay, so sorry. So this is from page thirty-eight of. Um, I believe this is a revised, um, updated and expanded second edition. Um, so, chapter section. If it ain't broke, page thirty-eight. Um, Erasmus's interest in the biblical text uh, seen in his publishing of Vala's work prompted him to begin work on publishing the first printed edition of the Greek New Testament. Up to that time, around 1511, no one had printed it in its entirety, and everyone was still utilizing hand-copied manuscripts. Erasmus labored in England on his project until the summer of 1514, when he moved back onto the continent onto the continent to Basel, Switzerland, hoping to find many excellent Greek manuscripts. He was disappointed when he found only five, but he set to work with these. So he was hoping for a robust library. He actually wanted many manuscripts to work off of. He only found five. So I, I agree with, with Dr. James that Erasmus would drool and love to have access to the over 5,000 manuscripts we have today, manuscripts and fragments we have today. He would love to be able to do criti text-critical work on that level. Well, I mean, it'd probably be a headache, but <laughs> I think he'd be appreciative. So Jerome is working with these. He has to do textual criticism. Um, he, he can't even find what he wants for revelation. Um... Basically, by the end, he has to rely on a Latin commentary to extrapolate the Greek. Um, and he comes up with unique readings found nowhere else in the manuscript tradition. Um, <laughs> that you just, you just don't find. And what you have in the TR today 
um, there's there's a complete textual emendation that you don't find anywhere from Theodore Beza that's in the text of the King James. Um, and I'm just looking at this, and I'm just looking at the text of Revelation that says, do not add or take away, and I'm going, hmm, I wonder how, got to be careful how we interpret that, given the history of the very text we're reading it out of in our modern Bibles. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Erasmus quickly runs into controversy. Because in his manuscripts, he did not find, and in fact, in no Greek manuscript for the first millennia of Christianity, of, of did you find um, the Kami Yohanan, 1 John 5, 7, as it reads in the King James. Um, it just wasn't there. And we first see it in the Latin. And when we start seeing it in the Greek... Some of the readings, I've done the work on this, in some of the readings, it looks like the Latin translated into Greek because Latin doesn't have a definite article. And while John 1, uh, John, 1 John 5, 8 has the definite articles on the uh, the blood and the water and the spirit, uh, the Kami Yohanan, in some of its renderings, doesn't have the definite articles, which would not be grammatically consistent. So his first two editions don't have it. He receives, like, he's called, oh, you're an anti-Trinitarian. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're... So he, he just puts a line out, you know, he puts a line, like, as he's doing research, he calls up his buddy, or, well, he sends a letter to his buddy in the Vatican to be like, hey, um, Codex Vaticanus. So they knew about Codex Vaticanus in that day. Um, what does it say? Because um, he can't look at it. Um, uh, I don't think it's there either. I'll have to re-research that. Um, so he basically, he says, um, well, if, if I can find one manuscript, I'll put it in there. So if you look at the date of Codex Monfortianus, the, the codex that was presented to him to prove the Kamiohanan, it's dated to, in the museum, it's dated to that year. It, it was written to prove, like it was, it was made to to prove their point, and to force Erasmus to put that in there. That's not scholarship. <laughs> that is deception. And that's why my one commentary calls this act the stupidity of Erasmus. Um, um, but he puts out his editions which are full of textual critical realizations. He's like, some read this, some read that, you decide. So Erasmus was not afraid of textual criticism. Um, Theodore Beza uh, did his edition. Um, so there's, there's five works of Erasmus, the, the five editions um, of the new instrument. Um, there's the work of Stephanus. The 1550 Stephanus is where we have the chapter-verse division in the New Testament. That's where that came from. He did it while on a horse. That explains, I think, some of the divisions he made. Um, um, and it's, it's these seven documents that become the foundational work of what would be anachronistically referred to as the received text. Um, it was actually just a marketing ploy. Uh, but one of the criticisms um, Erasmus received um, he um, 
he would respond um, to one dorp. Um, you must distinguish between scripture, the translation of scripture, and the transmission of both. What will you do with the errors of the copyists? Um, because there, there were, there, there was copyist error. Is that corruption in the text? No. Um, veracity of the text. All the obviously Erasmus didn't think that the text was lost, even though he dealt with textual criticism. Um, you know that that was what the whole humanist movement was in the day. Ad fontis to the source. I'm acknowledging these things. Um, so these these five sources are utilized. Um, so a, a a text source that's majorly sourced from a Catholic bishop are used by Anglican baby sprinklers, who are five point Calvinists. Um, the you know the the Church of England. Um, um, under King James to translate, um, the, you know, the King James version, the 1611, which I have a facsimile of, um, in their opening statement, they didn't claim any sort of inspiration. In fact, they, they labeled themselves as, it's great that one more great translation should be made. Um, not discrediting the contemporaries of their day. And you can tell in some places um, the stronger familiarity with the Latin of some of the translation councils, um, such as Titus 2.13. Uh, okay, let me double-check that. Yes, Titus 2.13. Um, they miss the Granville Sharps rule. Um, it's, it's the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, which the Granville Sharps rule appears a fair amount. <laughs> like, in, in Peter, and then he uses it in the same way about God. Um, just little, little nitpicky things. Um, but very important things if you want to be absolutely definitive on things for translation, uh, or for, for, for doing apologetics about the, the trinity. Um, you, you need to be very particular on this if you're up against a critical person. If people want to actually have critical thought uh, arguments about the trinity. Um, but, of course, then the King James then becomes the standard translation for the next 500 years till today. Um, so, the Septuagint, which was never a perfect translation to begin with, um, in some ways it's actually a deficient translation. Like, actually, legitimately, in some ways it is a deficient translation. It's still profitable. Uh, it's it's what the apostles quote, so you can't just throw it out. This is the thing. This is the thing. You need to have grace for history. Um, your favorite saints were sinners. You need to have grace for history. Um, it, so you have the Septuagint, which is not the Hebrew, <laughs> the original Hebrew. Um, you then have the Vulgate. 
So, so that you have the Septuagint, which becomes the standard, even though it's not perfect. Um, and yet people start treating it as though it were, such that they riot when a new translation comes about. Then the Vulgate, which has actually had the longest... Uh, it, it's been the longest standard completed Bible text uh, version used by the church. Um... And it's, of course, not absolutely perfect either. It has its issues. Uh, point of attention, agate, do penance as a translation of metanoia. Um, there's, a, there's a context in which you could be okay with that, but certainly not the way Rome takes it today. Um, um, but should it be thrown out? Well, if you want to... This becomes the problem. If you want to say there has to be a perfectly preserved Bible in every age, the Vulgate was it for a thousand years, and you want to throw, you want to now call it corrupt. I'm sorry, this is why, and you call us rude for this, this is why people like me and James White say you have inconsistent standards. You have bad standards. Um, and an inconsistent standard, inconsistency, is the sign of a failed argument. Uh, this is why the text-only argument is a bad argument, uh, because it just doesn't historically work. Um, so then you've got the Vulgate being the standard, the the longest-running standard. I like, like, like Rome even tried to use this. Rome were the the Vulgate-onlyists, um, saying, "Oh, you Christians, you don't, you you Protestants, you don't." That Freudian slip. Ah, you Protestants, you don't have a standard text. We have the standard text. You have blah blah blah. Um, even though their even though the Protestants' text was actually based on the scholarship of Catholics primarily, um, and the King James is based primarily on the scholarship of a Catholic, um, and the scholarship of Catholics and Calvinists and. It's just funny. It's just funny when people who absolutely hate Calvinism um, clutch their their King James like it's their life. Um, Anderson. Um, <laughs> um, but then now we have the same thing. It's just different. Um, the King James has become the propped up standard. Um that itself is imperfect, um, just as any translation is because of the nature of translation. Um, and when scholarship presses on to ever reform to the source, to ever study the source, um, People like me get vilified, get levied against because we hold to the critical text. I want to continue being um, a humanist the way humanists used to be. I, I want to continue saying, so what did this originally say? I, I don't want to know what a scribe thought John wrote in his epistle. I want to know what, in fact, did John write to these people he cared for deeply. What did God originally inspire? Um, that's what I care about. Um, and for people to say that the Vulcate is a trash translation, bring forth your evidence. Let's have a discussion.
Let's not let, let's not just levy things against people. Um, because I I've just given you the <laughs> like the whole history and like you you if you need to have a perfectly if you need to have a perfect translation in, or text in every age, where was it for a thousand years? For where was it for the time of the Vulgate, which you want to throw out? Where was it? I'm desperately curious. Um, and the other thing, when the King James was originally translated, its translators did textual criticism by a 1611 facsimile. There are passages where they will say, some read, dot, da da. That's textual criticism. We're going with this reading, but some readings are as follows. The original translators of the King James were not afraid of textual criticism. Um, the, the King James is based on the work of scholars who were not afraid of textual criticism. Um, I'm not afraid of textual criticism. So, I want to see more of that. I want to see more people willing to ask, what did Paul actually say? All right, now that I uh, have opened myself up to much um, ire <laughs> um, from, well, okay, let's, let's be frank, I don't know if... Like, do, do people who watch me on TikTok actually watch this show? Like, like, how many, how... <sighs> like, I don't get feedback normally. Uh, so, I really, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm always shocked when I find out that people actually took the time to watch uh, Most Excellent Theophilus. Um, at least I do hope, at the very least, when people ask questions, they actually watch the episode uh, to hear the answer. Because uh, otherwise, they're never getting that answer. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping we can do this all in one shot. Um, funny, I'm going to be saying that again tomorrow when I play um, the D&D module I made with my friends. Um, anyways. I hope we can get through this in one shot, because I really, I want the last two weeks <clears throat> of uh, Die to Pride Month to actually be about dying to pride this month. I should probably clean my uh, homemade fly trap. Um, Theophilus, if you have like gnats or stuff around your house, you know what you can just make? Uh, get a glass. Preferably one you don't like to use. Um, and uh, fill it with one part apple cider vinegar, one part water, um, and a splurge of dish soap. Dish soap. Um, and just leave it out. And uh, it'll attract them. And uh, it'll trap them. Um, of course, if you have kids, you probably want to label it. Uh, do not drink poison. Or something, <laughs> something to tell them, do not consume, or put it high enough that they won't get to it. Um, or maybe introduce them to how disgusting apple cider vinegar is, and they won't want to drink it. 
Um, but uh, yeah, my uh, my glass is half empty um, because I am a pessimist. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of flies in there that should be dumped. Um, yeah. Well, I am surprised. I thought they'd done a whole video, but their YouTube channel is actually just a lot of <sighs> a lot of broken up clips. Uh, let's see if this is the one. I don't. Oh man. Okay. Let's see if uh, this video. What is the word in John one one? So fat, Brendan. You're not fat. No, that's called a commercial and is completely irrelevant to right now. Um, it's actually very rude to have right now. Just a quick note. Every time in the New Testament we see the phrase, uh, it, 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 depending on the context, but it's always God, right? Like God did something, 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 something God through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's never to the Lord. It's always through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's to the Lord? Okay, that's an interesting... This idea, and which is incredibly Jewish, that, um, you know, like, all things are created by God through the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is... Panta di autu egeneto, kai chorus auto egeneto aldeen hagagon, and through him all things came to be, apart from him came to be nothing that has come to be. Uh-huh, meaning Jesus can't be a created thing. Um... And there's only one uncreated thing in this universe. His name is Yahweh. This is Paul just basically taking Jesus as, as a uh, as an entity and swapping it out with the, the word Torah. What? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> let's let's play that back. As, as a uh, as an entity and swapping it out with the, the word no, no. by God through that. Um, let's hear that again. All things are created by God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is Paul just basically taking Jesus as as a uh, as an entity and swapping it out with the, the word Torah. Is that... No. <laughs> uh, no. What? <laughs> what? Actually, which is a form of Midrash. It's actually more or less like Ramez style or... No. What? No, this is playing on, I think this would be Paul referring to John 1. <laughs> um, very. Yeah, very, yeah. Uh, it, or, or, Daresh. It, it would be more appropriate to say Midrash. But you're just taking out the word Torah and replacing it with uh, Jesus Christ. Which is not a biblical concept. Um, that, that God created the world through something he revealed at Sinai. I... Like what's what's Torah? Is Torah the law, or is is Torah the five books of Moses, or like God created God created the world through His morality? God created the world through like like this is such a weird argument. Because as we understand it, according according to Paul and, and John, you don't understand it according to Paul and John. <laughs> you don't. Okay. Jesus is the Word made flesh, right? Yes. With even more than that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Is the Torah God? No? Okay. So, he is a living manifestation of the Word of God. Uh, the, yeah, the Daber Yahweh that came to every prophet. 
which is itself Yahweh. Which means he's the living Torah. No. No. Oh boy, this is, this is, wow. You should be able to reasonably interchange Torah and Jesus anywhere in the scriptures. For they have broken my Jesus. Okay, no. <laughs> no, it... <laughs> it... This is, I, I wish, I wish they had just released a, a fuller video here for me to be responding to, because this is just so minutitized and the claims are so outlandish but they're clearly they're, they're clearly part of a bigger argument um it's just okay let's look at the the one from the same week two weeks ago the beginning of dot 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 so the fun thing with the serpent is so the fun thing with ads are they are terrible um Actually, I should have ad blocker because I don't want to support this this ministry. Um, so yes, Rashi noted that uh, if you were going to say uh, in the beginning, it's 2022. How did they end up uploading a video that maxes out at 360p? See, this is the real sin here. Okay, not, not heresy aside, denying God aside, they uploaded a video in 360p. That is that is that's a cardinal sin. Um, I really, I, they need to ask their rabbi for forgiveness. Uh, and the rabbi needs to give them a rosary um, and uh, 613 Hail Marys. Uh, Hail Moseses, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <coughs> sorry, I, I'm being silly here. But how? Just how did you manage that? <coughs> uh, mm. Is this not a sign of God's judgment? No, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, In terms of like, okay, this is the first thing that was done, then you would say Barisha Na, right? Um, Barish. Okay, sorry. Let's. I, I'm not. I stopped paying attention. What? What did they say? But so yes, Rashi noted that uh, if you were going to say. Uh, in the beginning, in terms of like, okay, this is the first thing that was done, then you would say Barisha Na. Right. Well, is Rashi Moses? Is Rashi using the older Hebrew grammar system? The, 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 like, so this is the thing. The langu languages evolve over time. Um, if you've tried to read Beowulf in the original English, uh, there's, it's a completely different language. Um... The, the Hebrew you find in the Torah is older, in, in older form than the, the Hebrew you find later. There, there are, there are, part of, there are um, certain factors of, of how the language was spoken and written uh, that you see fossilized in the Torah that you do not see later throughout the Tanakh, throughout the Old Testament. Um, so... Um, um, Bereshit's construct form, uh, and the way it reads literally in Hebrew as uh, as a single word, is in the beginning of. Well, okay. To be fair, Brad, if you, Mister Mister Hebrew man, who apparently knows better Hebrew, um, if you want to literally 
translate Bereshit, it should be in beginning because there is no definite article. It's not Behar Rashid or Be'et Rashid. It's just Bereshit um, in beginning, which John 1 1 picks up on, en arke, in beginning. Uh, but we understand it as in the beginning. Um, insert missing word here god created the heavens and the earth it doesn't it doesn't flow insert uh, so, as a single word is in the beginning of insert missing word here god. there what what in there informs that it needs to be of um there is no particle in hebrew that you can attach to a word to make it mean of um like the angel of the lord um is the Melech Yahweh, um, the, the, the angel or messenger of the Lord, which, um, there, there's nothing actually in there. It, it's the literal rendering is messenger Yahweh. Um, but we understand that in relation to Yahweh, the Melech is of, is from. Um, Greek actually has a particle to identify that relationally something is of something else. Um, the the ooh word ending. Um, like, hakirasmu kaihafeasmu. The Lord of me, the God of me. Um, mu being of me. Um, um, which Hebrew has an equivalent uh, in the Shema. Uh, Eloheinu, we have to put the of in there, but the u means, basically, the u means of me. Um, um, well, I'm sorry, that's actually our, um, our God. Um, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of uh, Benny, uh, my son, or the son of me. Okay, never mind what I just said. Disregard what I just said. I'm not thinking clearly right now. I'm tired. Um... There, there is no particle in Hebrew that enforces the meaning of of. It's contextual, um, grammatical understanding, where we interpret that concept of relationally, this is of this. Uh, so it, it, Bereshit does not mean in the beginning of. Bereshit means in beginning. And uh, to, to just read the, to just quote the passage because I memorized it. Bereshit bara Elohim et Hashemaim wa et haaretz. In Let's give let's give a blunt literal rendering. In beginning, he created, comma God, comma, the heavens and the earth. Um. So it's okay. Let's let's get back to their uh, drivel. Okay. God created the heavens and the earth. It doesn't it doesn't flow well. Brad. Um, I don't know if you know this. Um, literal renderings rarely flow well. <laughs> this, this is this is why studying the languages, I have utter grace yet contempt for translation. Because there are some places, especially in the Hebrew, Hebrew is, is um, such a more rudimentary language than, say, English. Um, it Grammar is just different. 
like grammar like you read the div you read differently grammar is different it's just a literal rendering is going to be confusing try reading the psalms from an interlinear you will get a little confused <laughs> um because it's a different language and we're english speakers we're not hebrews um so yes a, a literal grammatical rendering of genesis 1 1 without understanding of how it should be translated into our language is going to be weird in beginning he created god the heavens and the earth that's not english grammar english grammar is in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth or you could even you know you know <clears throat> continuing um but then if you read it even yeah, you could even say even more literally, or, or if you if you take it, uh, if you take the bait for what it is in this word, all right? So, the the bait, yes, which which is the particle for in, um, yeah, uh, bait reshit. Okay, so bereshit re, reshit. Okay, anyway, bait would yeah. mean like by or with. Okay. Even though it tends to mean in. Uh, also, I know I know where they're going with this. It's a terrible argument. <laughs> uh, so with Rashid, God created the heavens and the earth, and now we have a problem. With beginning. See, this is why, because it... Contextual translation. With beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Does that really make sense? Does it? problem we've got this noun sheet. we don't it's not what where is he finding it to be a noun yeah okay 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 well okay now thinking about noun being a person place or thing i guess it could be a noun um but reshit reshit is a word <laughs> which you then put the bet on it, and it's bereshit in the beginning. Uh, reshit means beginning, chief. Um, it can also mean choice, choicest. So choices in like the prime to take, um, finest, first, first fruits, foremost. Um, although Brad is of course going to falsely interpret it as, if I can get YouTube page, oh, okay, he's saying what now? the heavens and the earth and now we have a problem we've got this noun sheet. we don't know what it means what i brad we know what it means i strongs uh the other concordances i bring forth the concordance that disagrees that sheet can be used to mean beginning chief choice first most like that's just how the nasb is translating things um what is it um and if you if you look at every instance in the Torah where Rashid is used as a noun, it is used a majority of times to indicate two things: either the Jewish people or the commandments of the Torah. Let's test that, shall we? Um, which is unfortunate. I just closed that tab. Can I just? Is there a, what's is there a reopen close tabs button? Uh, uh, oh, history, no, not history, because I, I closed the... Okay, so let's look at the instances of Reshit. 
um, Genesis 1 1, Bereshit, meaning in beginning, God created. Um, we see um, in Genesis 10 10, uh, just Reshit, uh, the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. Um, so that's not in reference to the Torah. Or let, let's let's re, let's listen to their claim one more time as we're comparing here. Their claim one more time. As a noun, it is used a majority of times to indicate two things. Okay, let's. If you look at every instance in the Torah where Rashid is used as a noun, it is used a majority of times to indicate two things: either the Jewish people or the commandments of the Torah. Okay. So far, not. Uh, Genesis 49, 3. Um, um, and the beginning. Uh, my might and the beginning of my strength, preeminent. Let's take a quick look at the greater sentence here to understand what's being referenced. Um... Reuben, my firstborn, you are my might, and where Rashid end the beginning of my strength. So that's in reference to an Israelite. Okay, it's not in reference to the people of Israel or the law of God. Um. So next in we see it is in Exodus twenty three nineteen. Uh, it's from the law. It says, you shall bring uh, uh, reshit, you shall bring the choice fruits, or the first of fruits, first fruits, choice fruits. Um, it's in the context of the Torah, okay, but it's not used in place of the Torah. It's not saying, bring forth the Torah of fruits. <laughs> the Torah of first fruits. Um that sounds maybe like some sort of Gnostic gospel. Um, uh, but we see again later in Exodus 34, 26, you shall bring reshit. Um, it's actually the same word in the two passages. Um, reshit, uh, bakori, um, hadam, hadima, hadimataka. Um, you should bring forth the first fruits. Um, or the first fruits of your soil. Um, Leviticus 2.12. Al-Rashit uh, means first fruits. Not Torah. Not Israel. Um, Leviticus 23.10. Rashit means first fruits of your harvest. Um, Numbers 15.20. Uh, bring the first of your dough. Rashit. Um Bring the Torah. Bring the Torah of your dough. You've made... Uh, Israel, how dare you? You've made covenant with a different god. Bring me forth the Torah of your dough. Um, <laughs> um, numbers 15... Oh, I just read that. Uh, numbers 18, 12. Um, and of the grain, the first fruits of those which... Dot, dot, dot. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, which they shall offer. Um, numbers 24, 20. Amalek... Uh, was the first of na of the nations. Amalek was the first of the nations. Um, he was the he was the law of the nations. 
or he was the Israel of the nation. No, he, he was the he was the Rashid. He was the first of the nations. Um. Uh, Deuteronomy eleven twelve. Um. Okay, let me actually pull up this entire passage so I have the proper context of how it's wording. Um, a land for which Yahweh your God cares um, are always the eyes of Yahweh your God on it from Reshit, from Mereshit, from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. So this is the land, I think this is probably the land of Canaan. Um um, the majority of these, actually, um, Reshit has referred to something being the first, or the beginning, or the, the most choice of something. Um, Deuteronomy 21.17, um, Reshit, uh, Ani, uh, no, wait, Ku Reshit, um, uh, sorry, Ki, Ki Hu Reshit, for he is the beginning of the of his strength okay uh Deuteronomy 262 um <laughs> some of the first fruits of all uh or they you shall take the first fruits of all the fruit da, da, da. again it's meaning first um first fruit beginning of the harvest the reshit of the harvest um uh, Deuteronomy 26.10, I have brought the first of the produce. I brought the Rashid of the produce. Oh, no, it's it's actually, actually, guys, uh, you, according to the Brad and Seamus translation. This is the fulfillment of the other text. Bring forth your the Torah of this God you have gone to worship, your dough. Uh, bring forth its law. Well, no, here, here's, here, Lord, here. I have brought forth the Torah of the produce. Um, Deuteronomy 33.12, um, then he provided... The Reshit for himself, the first part for himself. Um, I, is this the law? Is, is this. Um, um, apparently, a book which should talk about the law, Joshua, does not seem to have reference to the Reshit, which is, apparently means either Israel or the law. Uh, 1 Samuel 2.29, however, does say, um, above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all offerings, or with the the choicest of all offerings. Melareshit. Um, First Samuel fifteen twelve. The oxen, the choicest of the things devoted to destruction. Uh, the reshit. The the Torah of things devoted. No, okay. The Israel of things. No, no, okay. That's not. That doesn't really work here. Second uh, Chronicles uh, thirty one five. Uh, provided abundance, the first fruits of grain, the bereshit of grain. Um, okay. Uh, Nehemiah uh, 1037. Uh, we will also bring the first reshit of our dough. Oh man, there, there's the dough god again. Watch out. Guys, I'm telling you, we need to be afraid of the dough god. Um, Israel clearly, from what we're seeing so far, Israel fell into temptation by this dough god. The dough god gave them his rashit. Um, they had to present it to Yahweh. This idolatry apparently did not stop there. Um, it's guys, the, the idolatry of the dough god is rising. Okay? Um be, beware of the leaven of the Pharisee. Uh, 
the Doe God is rising. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> um, <laughs> there is a t-shirt. There is a t-shirt. There is a t-shirt um, for me to make when I finally get around to making my Redbubble account. Um, <laughs> the Doe God is rising. Um... Okay, um, <laughs> that aside, Nehemiah, um, 1244, um, um, the first fruits and the tithe, the contributions, the first fruits and the tithe, um, the contributions, the Israelites and the tithes, no, no, that doesn't really, um, Job, um, Resh, Rashitka, though your beginning was insignificant. Um, Job 40.10. Um, he is the first. Uh, okay, let me read this in fuller context. Um, he is the first. He is who Rashit. He is the first. Darek of the ways of God. Only he made him. Only he who made him can bring near his sword. Uh, so the verse before this would probably set up who he is. Um, oh, this is... I, okay, this is uh, Behemoth, actually. Um, okay, yeah, this is Behemoth. Um... The first of the ways of God. Um, interesting. The, and maybe Behemoth means Torah, also in this expanded um, alternate media theology. Um, sorry, I had to turn my fan on. It's heating up in here with the laptop in front of me. Um, <clears throat> Job 4, 42.12 um, Of Job, Mereshit, more than his beginning, um, he had, da da da, um, Psalm forty-seven fifty-one, um, in Egypt, the first, uh, of their virility, um, what a sheet, uh, Psalm one hundred five thirty-six, uh, their land, the first fruits of all, um, Psalm one hundred and eleven, um. Of Yah fear of Yahweh is Rashit of wisdom, is the beginning of wisdom. Um I I'm starting to think we know what this word means, by the way, guys. Um And apparently I don't know Hebrew. I you know, I, I, I Yeah. Uh Proverbs three nine um from your wealth and from the first of all, uh, Proverbs 4, 7, um, <laughs> Rashid, the beginning of wisdom, uh, get, acquire, acquire the beginning of wisdom, um, Proverbs eight twenty two, possessed me from the beginning of his way, from the Rashid Darekhi, um, oh, sorry, Dareku, um, I, Proverbs seventeen fourteen. <laughs> I I should have read this sooner because this has been the beginning of strife. Um, 
Ecclesiastes 7, 8. Uh, the begin then it's uh, of a thing then the beginning thereof the patience dot 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 um, Isaiah forty six ten eh, that I've declared from the end I've declared the end from the beginning Mereshit. from the beginning um, Jeremiah two three to Yahweh. The first of his harvest. Um, Jeremiah 26, 1. Um, Bereshit memeleki, memeleki, memelekot, uh, yit, Yehoiakim. Oh, from the beginning of the reign of Yehoiakim. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean, like, in the beginning of the reign. Not with the beginning of the rain, or, you know, I, and Jeremiah 27, 1, uh, the same phrase again, um, Jeremiah 28, 1, year in the beginning of the rain, of Zedekiah, at Zedekiah, um, Jeremiah 29, 34, um, the beginning of the rain, of Zedekiah, again, concerning Elam in the beginning, uh, the rain of Zedekiah, um, Jeremiah forty nine thirty five, uh, Elam the finest of their might, um, Ezekiel twenty forty, your contributions and the choicest of your gifts. Sorry, I uh, had to brush my teeth. Um, <clears throat> okay, let's continue. Like you could do this for yourself, Theophilus, but I'm just gonna do it. Just due diligence. If by some grace of God they watch this, um. Because so far, I haven't actually heard one reference where it was referring either to Israel the nation or the Torah, um, as they were claiming. Um, oh no! Ezekiel 44.30 to the priests, the first of your dough, warishit of your dough, and the law of your dough god that is rising. I... <laughs> Oh no. Be afraid, be very afraid. Even in Ezekiel's day, the Doe God, Doe God was still mighty and powerful. Glutinous. Glutinous Maximus is his Christ. Um, <laughs> um, the earth shall crumble <laughs> under the weight of Doe God. Um, <laughs> Um, Ezekiel 48, 14, um, uh, or alienate this choice portion of land. Um, Daniel eleven forty one, 41, uh, while here, uh, end the foremost, Moab and the foremost of the sons. Um, Hosea 9, 10, um, on the fig tree in its first season um amos 6 1 um the distinguished men foremost distinguished which are named chief of the nations or foremost of the nations uh amos 6 6 um while they anoint themselves with the finest of oils uh finest being the translation of weather um micah 
113 um, of Lachish, and she was the beginning of sin. Um, I, I did they quote a verse? I need I need one verse because I didn't find it here anywhere where Rashid was. Um, I did not see. Um, it was not in reference. What? Let's let's hear their claim again. Let's hear their claim again. If you if you look at every instance in the Torah where Rashid is used as a noun, I, I looked at every place where it was used. Period. It is used a majority of times to indicate two things: either the Jewish people or the commandments of the Torah. You lie, sir. Give me a verse. It, nowhere did it begin to do so. <laughs> nowhere. <laughs> I. <laughs> okay, so this word reshi. Right, right. The Torah itself, and so it. It is. No, it's not. You lie. You lie. Print, bring me the verse. Show me the money. What's in the box? Um, uh, uh, not the teflon. Put the teflon back. I know what's in there. I know what's in there. I'm an educated goy. Is synonymous with the Torah and the children of Israel, which that is also indicated by the bait. So the Merig. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Proclaiming to be wise, you make yourselves foolish. Value of the bait is two. So we already understand. Gematria. Ah, Gematria. Understand that there are two ray sheets being referenced here if we're going to read it extremely literally. No! Gematria is not a literal way to read things. It's a mystical way to read things. Oh, no. No, no, no. This way. Uh, and so, there, ergo, you have it. Is the children of Israel and the Jewish people and the Torah. So, God created the world with the Torah and with the nation of Israel, both of which did not exist when only God existed? Do you hear yourself, Brad? <laughs> like, honestly, I want, because you seem to be a man of sound mind and body. How can you make a claim like this? How, like, I can understand the people who claim the Vulgate is a terrible translation, because I haven't read enough to definitively say, well, here's actually where it's a great translation, and here's where it's a great translation, and here, okay, now here is enough, you know, but, like, I, I also have my things that I don't fully understand, and I can't fully speak to, and I may have wrong ideas about, but you claim to be educated, and you're just lying, you, you, Claim to be the teacher of Is you, the teacher of Israel, and you do not know these things. How? <laughs> I am flabbergasted. I am in shock. I am moved to 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 talk like this. How? How can you, with the the intelligence you seem to have, make such a problematic claim? Uh, or you could even break that down even further and read, okay, so the uh, the written and the oral Torahs. <laughs> oh, the oral Torah that Jesus condemned. He said, Isaiah spoke well of you. You teach us the commands of God, the mere doctrines of man, the the the, the rule of 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 uh, the, the 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 rule of hand washing, he which is oral Torah, he forbade. 
um, the, the rule of, of, um, Korban, he spoke against, you nullify the law of God by the Korban rule. Uh. <laughs> we can't there's, open two there's any number of ways that you can break this down yeah. and make it work. <laughs> so. I, I need a drink. I'll be right back. <sighs> okay, this is the only drink I'm having before seven. <laughs> the only hard drink I'm having uh, this early. Um, let's continue. With the, you, we can transpose those back into the verse, okay? Um, we can isogeet those back into the verse, okay? Um, um Beit Rashid, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Um, Beit Be Rashid, Be can you actually say it? Beit Rashid, Beit Rashid, Beit, Beit Rashid, Beit, that's, uh... So, with the children of Israel, God created the heavens and the earth. What? <laughs> um, that doesn't make sense in a literal sense, but... It doesn't make sense in a... It, it doesn't make sense in a practical sense. But, uh, in, a, in a much more broad sense, you, you could argue that with the intention of the nation of Israel, God created the heavens and the earth. Brad, where else do you... <sighs> Actually, no, I cannot ask you the James White question, because you don't use exegesis to support the doctrine of the Trinity. You're just a heretic who denies the doctrine of the Trinity. <sighs> that, that's one interpretation, and it's perfectly reasonable. Um, that, that Israel has always been kind of the master plan. Uh, you mean Jesus was always the master plan? Okay, anyways. And I know that that is very hard for a lot of Christians to hear, that Perhaps maybe Jesus wasn't the master plan, but it was Israel. Yeah, yeah, because it, it kind of flies in the face of a lot of scripture. Um, um, take that for what it's worth. In Dante's Purgatory, I think it might. I don't. I'd have to. I'd. I'd actually have to brush up on it, even though I've. I've read it. It would earn you someplace in there. I'm sure. Or did I say Dante's Purgatory? In Dante's Inferno, um, it might get you into that level of people who betray God, which is the lowest level of hell. Um, That's one interpretation of the passage. Now let's take the alternative, though. With the Torah, God created the heavens and the earth. Even though it not a jot or tittle had been written of it yet? Even though, like, you're trying to make... Uh, and that actually makes perfect sense considering what the Torah is and what the Torah does. Uh, the Torah is the first five books of Moses. Slash, slash the law of Moses given at Mount Sinai. Um, let's, let's see what he thinks the Torah is and does. Um, what it is, is it's that. And also it's, it's the land covenant God made with national Israel. Uh, it's not a salvific covenant, um, even though it does say, do this and you shall live, and it shall be well with you in the land, and if you break it, I will destroy you. It's not actually how God saved people. Um, it was how people maintained the land of Israel. Um. Um, the Torah is uh, 
the well it's the word of god so we can fit this i and then you get into your whole direct argument that does not make sense or not i they're not even going to substantiate that it's the word of god that's directly into john as it reads uh but it's <sighs> so let's read let's read john from i i have i have here we're, we're forming it's a mental it's a mental codex not a written codex um, but I have, I have the manuscript of, of the Brad and Seamus translation of John 1.1. 1, 1. Um, let, let me go from, from the Greek to the Brad and Seamus translation. Um, so in Greek, it's enarchian halagas, in the beginning was the word, kai halagas, e, uh, kai halaga, uh, enarche, en, uh, um, kai halagas, ein, I keep forgetting the ain whenever I say it. Uh, and the word was with God. Kai, kai thousand halagas, and the word was God. Now, what they what they do in the totality of their lives is they've made, um, Romastan, don't worry. They've made, um, logos. Uh, the word the Torah. Um, so, in the beginning, well, actually, no, they've made in beginning also mean Torah. Um, and we know from John 1, 1, that whatever the Logos is, it is God. Um, so, to tr the, the, the Brad and Seamus translation is, uh, with Torah, uh, was the Torah. Um, and the Torah was with the Torah. And the Torah was the Torah. I, I rest my case. You don't know what you're talking about. You need to repent, Brad and Seamus, if you're listening to this. You need to repent and believe on Yahweh Tzadeknu. Yahweh our righteousness, the Lord who came down. Um, yeah. Because Jesus is God. He's not just an emissary of God. He is, in fact, God. How do you? How do we know this? The Carmen Christi, Philippians two. Um, it's also the self. Not wrong button to pause. I actually want to read this from an interlinear. Good thing I already have Bible Hub open. Uh, Philip, I always misspell it. So starting at verse five. <clears throat> Let this mind be in you, which. Which also, which was also in Christ Jesus. Has en morfe theu heparkon, who in the form of God existing. Wait, Jesus in. Wait, there's only one thing that can be in the form of God, and it's God. Uh, na uk harpagman, uh, hege hegesato, to. Not something to be grasped, considered it to be equal with God. Um, now, what we have here, because there are people who argue against this, uh, because the King James says, thought it not robbery. Um, but the word here, harpagmon, means um 
The act of seizing, or the thing seized. Spoil, um, an object of uh, desire, a prize. So, the whole point here of Paul is humility. What is humility? The King James translation does not really communicate humility when we're being critical. Um, humility is Christ going, I am God. But I, equality with God is not to be grasped. Um, that's humility. Though you are this, you act as if you are not. You, 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 you are humble about it. You're not prideful about it. Um, he considered it um, not, not something to be grasped, to be equal with God. And, and we even see verse 7, Allah heato, but himself and the nosir, but himself emptied. Morfendulolovan, the form of a servant having taken. So there's this, this contrast. He was in equal, he, he was in the very morphe, the very form of God. He existed. He harparka, he haparkan. But because he considered it not something to be grasped, to be equal with God, he emptied himself. Humility. He laid, the king lays aside his crown and throws on the refugee cloak. And homoimati, homoiomati, in the likeness anthropon, in the likeness of man, genemos, genomenos, having been made. This is John 1.14. Kaihalaga sarks egeneto. And the word became flesh. That word which is God. That word through which all things came to be and apart from him came to be nothing that has come to be. John 1.3. And appearing, and in appearance having been found as a man. Verse 8. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death. So how is this humbling himself? He was already able to die according to the theology held by Brad. No, he was in the very form of God. He is God. He is the immortal, the infinite, the infinite, the incorruptible. He, he is, as Ignatius wrote to Polycarp in chapter 3, part 2, Await him that is above every season, the eternal, the invisible, who became visible for our sake, the impalpable, the impassable, who suffered for our sake. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God Almighty, who said, No, I will be humble. We, we, God has not asked us to do anything he was not willing to do himself. He says, be humble, and God himself became a man. God himself said, it, it, relationally, uh, the son said, relationally, the equality with the father is not to be grasped. And ha lagas sarks agneto, the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only from the father, full of grace and truth. For no one has seen God at any time, but the one and only, the Maragones, the us, the Maragones, who we us, I don't care what variant you go with. If you're a Trinitarian, it makes sense. The one and only who is at the Father's side has made him known. Whenever God was seen, it was Christ. 
Whenever God was seen, it was Christ. He humbled himself. Though he was God, he became man. He became obedient to death. That which is not for God, God allowed to happen to himself. And not just death, but the death of the cross. The most humiliating form of death in the first century. So, so brutal. So humiliating. It was almost never called the crucifixion. That would... Uh, uh, uh. It's for this reason, verse 9. Therefore, also, God highly exalted him and granted to him that name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in the heavens and on the earth and underneath, and every tongue should confess that Kurios Jesu Christe, that Christ, that the Lord is that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And if you know your Old Testament, Brad, if you know your Old Testament, Seamus, if you know your Old Testament, Torah observant, it is to Yahweh that every knee is supposed to bow, that every tongue is to confess that he is Lord. That was said of Christ. That was said of Christ. Christ is not an emissary. Christ is God Almighty. And I yell not because I hate you, but because I love you, and perhaps my yelling will get it through your thickened skulls, and that your hardened hearts will melt within you. And what God will put in its place will be tender to the word of God, that he will save you this day. And turn you from the path of destruction you have so lustfully gone down. Of denying our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is Yahweh. He is God. <sighs> now, Theophilus, it's time... It is time for questions, if we could talk normally. Um. All right, first up from the Tiki Talks, it's the Royal Hope Mission. Um, question, do you see Genesis uh, 1, 1 through 2, verse 3, as a summary of creation, and, the, and Genesis 2 as a more detailed... Uh, yes, yes. Um, I think that's the standard view, um, and that's the, the view I take, that Genesis 1 is an overview and then in of creation, and then Genesis 2, is it particularly takes time to zoom in on the creation of man uh, to explain that, while it says in the overview that God made them male and female, uh, specifically, God made Adam from the dust of the earth, and then he was like, you know, you need you need a companion. Um, of course, not in the tone I just did, where God's like, oh, I didn't, you know, now that I think about it, uh, you know, because God's not surprised by anything. He's like, it's not good for you to be alone, Adam. 
Um, why don't you name name all the animals? Adam names all the animals. You get, you know, I have names for all of them, but none of them really, really get my fancy. Um, and so God's like, oh, okay. Why don't you take a little nap, Adam? And then you know, takes his rib, makes Eve bone of my bone, bone of my uh, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, and uh, you know, that whole yeah, it's the it's the zoom in of that. And then in a unknown amount of time passes um, between that moment and when they're kicked out of the garden. Uh, we know it was no more than 130 years because that's how old uh, Abraham, uh, Adam was when Seth was born. Um, and I think it could have been maybe a max of about 90 years. Because there has to be time for uh, Cain and Abel to grow up and decide, Cain decide to be murderous and he's obviously accountable. He's obviously accountable, old enough to be accountable for his actions and old enough to marry when he goes to the land of Nod. Um, um, so it's hard to say um, exactly on that. That wasn't your question. <laughs> uh, you remind me you asked one on Discord. We will get to that. Um, Dale Jitsu, favorite Sonic game, favorite Sonic ship. Um, I haven't played Sonic. Uh, the classic looks kind of cool. Um, I actually, you know what? Uh, watching, um, I used to watch some ordinary gamers, creepy pastas. Um, the B-roll footage he would use of like a Shadow, uh, the the one game with Shadow, that was pretty cool. Um, it's pretty interesting, edgy. <laughs> Um, favorite Sonic ship. I don't know enough about the characters. Um, uh, I, I guess I should say biblically that, um, the, the one that turns into, um, human and animal is a little, should be frowned upon. Um, yeah. Uh, that's the extent of the questions. We're going to turn to the discord. Reformed apologist just gives us the hot take question of thoughts on interracial marriages. Um, we're under a new covenant. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is only one in Christ. Um, like one of one of my greatest friends on TikTok, um, the Black Doctor. His girlfriend is white. He is well. He is the Black Doctor. Um. I like to what degree someone who wants to advocate this to what degree uh, is is the interracial wrong like because what level are you taking it to because very technically it just has to do with ethnicity um, I have a few ethnicities in me I have Scots Irish I have German I have French I have uh, n uh, n um, Norwegian Norman uh, can I someone who wants to advocate should I be able to get with oh probably British too uh, should I be able to get with, say, um, a Russian? I don't have Russian blood. Would that be interracial? You know, to what degree do you want to take these things? Uh, no, I don't. I don't really think it it matters. Um, that was a part of the old covenant for purity, for for purity of the nation to show purity, um, and because. Um, when interracial marriage did happen, idolatry normally naturally happened as well. Um, which honestly, we see that we see 
that concept of don't do that in the New Covenant as not to be unequally yoked. Um, although there is grace for that. Um, yeah. But but that's the issue. I, I religiously, morally, I don't I don't think it would be right um, to have your, your kid flip-flopping between a church that has the gospel and a church that doesn't. Like, if you're in a divorce situation, um, you're Protestant, your spouse is Catholic. I would not feel comfortable sending my children to a church that's going to fill them with lies, with a gospel that does not save. Um... I, and I'm not, I'm not like trying to be legalistic. I'm not saying, how dare you? I'm saying I could not in good conscience. And we need to let everybody be convinced in their own mind about such matters. Um, but I think that'd be the same issue coming up of, because of this interrelation, um, there's the introduction of idolatry, of false religion. Um... Louis Totota asks, thoughts on it's not abuse, it's discipline, or it's not discipline, it's abuse. Um, the Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. Uh, God uh, chastises his children. Um, those whom he loves, he disciplines. Um, it's a loving act to discipline your child. Um... Obviously, there's here, here's the real thing. I I was I was spanked as a kid. There is a line. <laughs> there there is a line between um, corrective discipline and abuse. Um, and it it comes down to intention. It comes down to intensity. It comes down to frequency. If if there's a if there's if it's unjustified, there's a problem. If it's frequent and it's unjustified that's abuse if if it's intense um like i i think it should probably pretty much stop at spanking or maybe a, cor a corrective swat to the back of the head like normally that happens jokingly a lot of times anyways between families um you know the, the minor thing, like, obviously, it, it's obvious, the, the alcoholic whose child is full of bruises and, and scrapes and cut, like, that's abuse. Like, it, it's, it's, it's clear and cut. There, there is a difference. There, there's a difference of um, that coming out of a desire for correction and a, a father who, it, I think any father in their right mind doesn't want to hit their child um but if a father can do that in with, without any sense of of ouch i wish i didn't have to do this that's that's problematic to me that is problematic um i i do believe in in discipline you know um i i i am convinced i went to school with a lot of people who were not spanked ever and it shows and really, it's it's created the snowflake sissy society we live in, in my opinion. Um, uh, Royal, uh, Crystal Royal asks, uh, what about thoughts... Oh, boy. Okay. What about thoughts on if it's always the way you perceive something or if it's actually coming off that way? Um, 
I th- if 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 everyone perceives something a certain way, you're coming off that way. You may not mean to. Um, and that that's where you should clarify where you're coming from when people come to you like that. Um, but of course, listening to other people, we need to understand that how we perceive things may not be the person's intention. That's why I always, that's why when I am talking to people, I ask clarifying questions when they say problematic things to try to understand what they're, what they mean, because I, I'm hearing what they say and it sounds off. (laughs) Um, so yeah. It's the the duty is on both parties in a conversation to f- make the conversation flow. Um, so, yeah, that is the extent of questions today. Thank you, Theophilus, for giving me a really robust Q and A section. Um, even though for once I didn't need it because I actually had, uh, I should respond more to. I should do more response things like that because that actually really well padded the the runtime and was profitable i think i think that was profitable uh, if not let me know theophilus you can let me know you can give me feedback please please do so i'd love to hear feedback um yeah um all right uh, for this month actually we are going to do a modified beatitudes uh, or a modified benediction <clears throat> First Corinthians six, nine through eleven. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, um, nor the submissive, nor dominant homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. And that is the gospel in microcosm. Everyone, regardless of your sin, is worthy of death. But God, but God had mercy. You were washed. You were justified. You were sanctified. That is the good news. And now, Matthew 5 verses 3 through 12. Jesus spake these things to his disciples. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Sorry, kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you on account of Christ. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Go in the peace and pride-shattering love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.